Hey, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show. Today, we have to talk about this NFL script. Is it actually scripted? I feel like when you look at Bart Scott, Nate Burleson, they both got the script right. Is it actually scripted? Did the referee blow a call? And can Kirk Cousins ever crack this lineup of dominant quarterbacks? We'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, good people. It's a beautiful Monday. I know a lot of you are moving slow today. Why? Because it was Super Bowl Sunday. We've asked for years and years and years that this Monday should be a holiday, but it's not. I know a lot of you are headed to work today. I know some of you are probably calling in sick. I'm doing air quotes, uh, but it, it's, it is what it is. It's the Monday after the Super Bowl. It's the worst day of the year because that means football is not coming back for a while. Now, they do have the USL coming up. Uh, USFL, and I think that's April. Uh, so we'll get a t to get a chance to take a look at maybe some future NFL players. Also, some current or sorry, former NFL players made some uh, rosters. When you look at Josh Gordon, uh, Martavius Bryant, some NFL receivers both made a USFL roster. Uh, so we'll see what that looks like. But one of the saddest days of the year. Like it feels like that New Year's, like the January second. You know, that's what the day after the Super Bowl feels like to me. But I want you guys to remember, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On Sports. Uh, make every moment more. Just visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. And make sure you understand this, too. When you go on there, these parlays, and we'll talk about this in, in the show, they're, they're there. It's there for the taking. I mean, the Gatorade bath. You got the first score of the game you got the anytime scores of the game and I was this close again people if it wasn't for for Jalen Hurts taking the ball you know Andy Reid deferring uh and Jalen Hurts taking it down the field and scoring I think the Chiefs would have like if they had to punt I think the Eagles would have stopped them and Harrison Bucker would have been the first score of the game but it didn't work out but I know for some of you it did because that Gatorade we found out what color that is and we'll talk about that coming up also Kirk Cousins can Kirk Cousins be one of these quarterbacks that we look at in the Super Bowl? Now, we know he's not going to ever be uh, Pat Mahomes. He's not going to be Jalen Hurts because he doesn't have those tools. He's not a runner. He's not a dynamic quarterback, but he's a really good quarterback. So can he become a Matt Ryan, a Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, a, a Colin Kaepernick and sneak in the Super Bowl and be one of those outliers? Because it feels like there's a couple quarterbacks that are dominating, uh, but we'll talk about that. But remember, Please download the Amazon Fire and Roku apps. You can download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on your Amazon Fire and your Roku TVs. Just go right there in your app, search Locked On Sports Minnesota, hit the download button. You'll get all of our videos, all of our shows. Well, as I bring uh, Sam Ekstrom into the show, my producer, Sam, like I said, this is the saddest day of the year for me. Uh, it, it, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's very 
lackluster. I do get to take a trip. Season's over. So I do get to get away on vacation with the family for a little bit. Uh, so I'm excited about that. It's one of those two where you always know the trip's planned because when the season's over, we always take a trip. And now I'm feeling rushed because now I only have like two days left. And I'm like, okay, do I have everything? Do I have my belts? Do I have my golf balls? Do I have, you know, tees? Do I have enough golf tees? Do I have, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not a bad golfer. And so I don't know why I overthink like the number of tees. I bought a bag for a hundred tees. I overthought that. I'm like, I don't need a hundred tees. There's only 18 holes. I think we're going to play four times. You know, I don't break the tee every time. Uh, but for some reason, I thought I needed 100 tees. So I got that. You know, I did get a dozen balls. I think that's enough. I don't lose balls. Um, I, I got one or two gloves because it's going to be hot where we're going. Uh, so I'm like, you know, just in case, you know, one gets too sweaty, I can switch it and then they'll dry out. Then the next day, you know, so on and so forth. Yep. But other than that, Sam, I'm sad. Like football is over. It's done. There's no more football. Uh, there's going to be speculation talk. There's going to be trades. I think Derek Carr is getting released. You're going to have the Aaron Rodgers after four days of darkness coming out looking like uh, <laughs> he's been on an island with, with Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, he's going to come out with his football. And I, think the, I think, and I think football, the NFL is sponsored by Wilson too. So he could come out with Wilson the football, uh, you know, have a little face drawn on it. And it, it's, it's, it's Castaway too with Aaron Rodgers and Wilson the football. <laughs> Um, please, for all those graphic designers out there, feel free to, to draw that up for me and give me credit because I came up with the Wilson 2 or a Castaway 2 uh, Into the Darkness. That's what's going to be called. Castaway 2 Into the Darkness. And he's going to be talking to his football, Wilson, the entire time. But Sam, here's where I go with this Super Bowl. You tell me your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Off the top from the Super Bowl, I think we got a great game. We, we got what we wanted. We got a great game. Um, a lot of people were concerned that, you know, Mahomes' ankle. Now, I know today that thing is hurting because he was in, like, like you could tell he was in excruciating pain after he re-injured it during the game. They went in there. They numbed that thing up and said, hey, look, it's a high ankle sprain. You can't hurt it any worse because that's what people don't realize about high ankle sprains. You can't sprain it more. Like, it's, once, it's not broken. So that tendon is whatever it's stretched, is inflamed, it's irritated, but you can't hurt it anymore. Now, does it hurt like heck? Yes. Uh, do basketball players tape up heavily and go play? Yes. Can football players do it? Yes. And, and the difference in a football and a basketball player and why basketball players are out so long is because they're constantly moving. They're constantly having to jump off that foot, step off that foot. Like you're, you're reacting. A quarterback, you can get away with it. Receivers usually don't come back this fast. But a quarterback, he can control a lot of that. But the ones he couldn't control, you could tell it hurt. But he fought through. He won himself a Super Bowl. Now he's going to have a full offseason to recover. I'm pretty sure he'll probably come up and say, oh, we got to go in there and maybe make sure to get some scar tissue out of there. Or, hey, it's just it's just ice and stem. Like, we're going to MRI and, hey, we're just ice and stem. He's got to heal. But he he did it. Like, we got the exciting game. But talking about the NFL script, Sam, <laughs> I don't know which way the script writers could have went. But I do know this. If there is a script, and when they walked into the Philadelphia Eagles locker room with the script and Bradbury got his part, I know he wasn't happy because the come like the, the, the chiefs are going to always be remembered for the push and the hold. That's, that's going to be their Super Bowl legacy this year. The push and the hold the Bengals pushed Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. Didn't think that was that egregious to be a 15 yarder to get, put him in field goal range. And the hole. I don't think it was an egregious hole. I think it was a, like, within that five yards, he's allowed to jam. The receiver did run at him to engage because he was trying to run, uh, like, the, the in and, and, and wheel out. 
to the fade. And it's like, what am I supposed to do? He's coming into my space. Now, was it a little bit of a tug? Yeah. Did it affect the route? No, because if it did, Juju would have been flailing his arms. and Like, yeah, I couldn't get free. Like, Juju didn't even feel it. There was no chance of catching that ball. I would have gone uncatchable and just, hey, let's let let's see what happens next. Do they kick the field goal? Do they punt? What happens? Give the Eagles a minute, whatever, to, to try to come down and kick a field goal and put us in overtime or something. Like, I just didn't like that call. I get it. James Bradbury said he did it. He held. He just didn't think it. They, they thought they let it slide. But clearly the writers had a different story. But overall, I think the fans got the game they wanted. I think the two quarterbacks played exceptionally well. I do think Jalen Hurts was the MVP, but we'll talk about that. But Sam, what are your thoughts on the game? Uh, yeah, the, the penalty kind of made for an anticlimactic ending. I think if that play goes uncalled, then it's a field goal and they leave the Eagles with a minute 45 to go tie or win the game. That's what we wanted. That was what that game deserved at the end. We didn't get it. I was rooting so hard for Jerick McKinnon to just run into the end zone at the end when the Eagles were trying to let him score. Unfortunately, he was smart enough to get down at the one. Um, but the quarterback play run, I mean, we'll get into this, but it just reminds you what elite quarterback play looks like. Kirk Cousins is good, but the consistent plays made with the legs yeah. of Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, three touchdowns for Hurts, um, a two-point conversion when they absolutely needed it, and Patrick Mahomes on a bad leg, constantly coming up with big scrambles. And the way they impacted that game with both their arms and their legs, they didn't throw a pick. Mm -hmm. They barely got sacked. Mahomes didn't get, didn't get sacked at all. An elite quarterback game. Just bummed yeah. that it didn't get to end with Hurts going for a potential win or tie. And I didn't. I thought, Ron, the strategy at the end was, was bad on the Eagles' part. They had six seconds. At least give yourself one play to the sideline. Try to get to the yeah. 50 and yeah. then set up a Hail Mary. They had time. Um, and they like didn't quick go that out. route, yeah. disagreed with that approach. Yeah, it could have been a quick out, just run, 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 look at the clock, step out with one second to go, because they were they only had one guy rushing, so you had a ton of space. Um, they were just protecting the deep. They weren't protecting like that, you're right, like that 20-yard. But the problem is 20 yards takes a receiver maybe to get 20 yards in about two-point whatever, something seconds. Takes quarterback about two seconds to get the ball and throw it. Uh, does it work and do they, do they stop it? And does this become some kind of BS clock deal? Um, so I, I see both sides of it, but yeah, I agree. There should maybe, maybe get 10 yards, even just get 10 more yards, uh, to make it a heavable throw to where if it's a tip or something, I mean, he didn't even get it to a receiver, at least let a guy get a catch. But here's where I go with this in the Jalen Hurts MVP talk, he should have been the MVP. And this is why 27 for 38, three. 100 yards passing. So if I were to give you the stats and I said one of the quarterbacks went 27 for 38, 304 yards passing, a touchdown, uh, and that was it. And then I said the other quarterback threw three touchdowns but only had 182 yards, 21 for 27. Now, and if you're looking at that, and then rushing had 44 yards rushing. If I were to give you 182 yards passing, 44 yards rushing, you're probably going to say it's Jalen Hurts. It wasn't. It was Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts threw for 300 yards, rushed for 70, accounted for four touchdowns, and an extra, and a two-point conversion. He got a two-point conversion on his own. He ran for three touchdowns, and he threw for a touchdown. He had zero picks. The only blemish on his report card for that game mm -hmm. was the I'll fumble. Bet. 
And it was just switching the ball to the other arm, trying to stiff arm. And it was just, it was one of those plays that if he can have that back, because the Chiefs offense, not to say wasn't doing much, but they were getting a lot of turnover plays, a lot of like good field position plays. When you look at the punt return, you look at uh, the interception, you look at, or sorry, the fumble, um, it, all that stuff. That's where they were. That's that's That helped the Chiefs. Like without that fumble for a touchdown and without that punt return, the Chiefs do not win this game. The Chiefs just were better in all three phases, which that's why it's a team trophy. That's why I get so annoyed sometimes when people say, oh, the quarterback lost this game. Like there's a graphic out there right now of, of Jalen Hurts on the ground like he's Ty Lu, and then you got Allen Iverson as Patrick Mahomes stepping over him. Very, very tasteless. Very tasteless, very disrespectful to two quarterbacks who played their heart out. And you got the one on the ground that outplayed the quarterback standing up in your quote-unquote pitcher. I get it. Today's internet is about I got to put something out there that's sensational to try to get likes and clicks. Maybe just have a picture of the two shaking hands. And Patrick Mahomes, you yeah. know, doing what he did, which is giving respect to Jalen Hurts. And if you're a doubter of Jalen Hurts, you are wrong right now. You should no longer doubt what Jalen Hurts can do. I love the pregame video of Jalen Hurts saying he had to walk through so many barriers. And one of the barriers, they showed Tua Tagovailoa going in the game and Jalen Hurts being pulled out of the game. That was powerful because so many players would have folded and quit and doubted themselves. And Jalen Hurts never did that. He believed in himself, and, and he outplayed the Super Bowl winning MVP quarterback. He should have been the Super Bowl MVP. Like, he should have been. Like, I don't care that you want the MVP to be the winner sometimes, and you want that person to be able to go to Disney World with both trophies and all that crap. Screw the script. Jalen Hurts is the MVP of the Super Bowl. 300 yards, 70 on the ground, three touchdowns, threw for one, and a two-point conversion. And literally was this close to winning that game, if not for a fumble and a punt return. A fumble and a punt return changed the game. Now, the hold, it is what it is. It should have been a field goal. They should have had a chance to come down uh, and, 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 you know, sorry, a field goal at that point because it was a field goal later. But they were able to run off another minute and whatever, 20 seconds uh, by getting that penalty. And you're right. The Eagles tried to, I mean, what the Eagles didn't do is what the Patriots would have did, which is stay close to Jet McKinnon and then pick him up and throw him in the end zone. Like that's what the Patriots would have did. Cause the Patriots yeah. would have like, uh, Belichick would have been like, Hey, no, I know he won. Cause I'm pretty sure I've seen a video of that, of the Patriots picking a player up and carrying him into the end zone. Like when he was trying to just stay in the scrum yeah. and not score. I'm pretty sure there's a video of them like circling around and then pushing him forward uh, without the player even realizing what was going on. Like, that's what they should have did. They should have said, hey, when we let him score, don't just pull off to, so it's easy and he understands what's going on. Stay close to him and then pick him up and then drag him into the end zone. Like, pull him into the end zone. Like, that's that should have been the play. And um, But it is what it is. Because I think you give Jalen Hurts a minute and 40, I think he scores. Like, I think he does somehow score. Like, he was, he was on a heater. He was, like, his throws, like, third and 14. And that throw to Dallas Goddard was probably the best throw of the day. Yep. Third and 14. He threw an absolute perfect ball. And it was extremely perfect because the backer in front of him actually tipped the ball. He actually hit the ball. So it was a perfect throw. But you know what? When you look at those two Super Bowl champions, or sorry, two Super Bowl quarterbacks, we have one champion, uh, Patrick Mahomes. We got, we got two talkers coming up next. We'll talk about one. 
if Patrick Mahomes were to walk away today, because he has a lot of money already. Now, granted, he has to keep playing to get that guarantee, the rest of that guarantee. But if he walks away from football earlier, not doesn't do the Tom Brady, is he a Hall of Famer? That's one question. That's our talker of the day, too, people. When you want to comment and tweet and, and, and interact with us today, just let us know your thoughts. Two questions. One, is Patrick Mahomes a Hall of Famer right now? Right now. Five seasons in, five Pro Bowls, all pro, uh, three-time, you know, AFC championship or four-time five. I forgot what it was. Uh, three time, two-time Super Bowl champ, two-time Super Bowl MVP, in, uh, NFL MVP. Is he a Hall of Famer? That's one question. The second one is, can Kirk Cousins ever get to the level of play that we're seeing from Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen? Like, can Kirk Cousins, because statistically, he was in the top seven in a lot of categories. He was in the top five in some. But can he ever give you that feeling? Because Jalen Hurts gives you that feeling. Like, he, he gave me that feeling last night that when he was under center, I was never wavered in the fact that the Eagles are going to be in this game. Patrick Mahomes as well. Like, I was never like, oh, man, the Eagles are about to run away with this. Like, it just – and, and again, these are two great – when you look at Shane Steichen for the Eagles and you look at Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy for the Chiefs, two great offensive-minded coaches that are just over there dialing up play after play that is like, man, that's beautiful. That's some beautiful play call in there. But when you look at those questions, those are the questions of the day, people coming up next. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about where Kirk Cousins falls in this hierarchy of quarterbacks next year because the season's over. Champion, Chiefs, we got it. It's time to move on now, Sam. It's time to move on to what's next. What's this Vikings team going to look like? Brian Flores is coming soon. What is the defense going to look like? But more importantly, can Kirk Cousins be one of these type of quarterbacks? Can he give fans that security that every time he's under center, they feel like it's a Buffalo Bills, Indianapolis Colts type of game? No matter what the score is, Kirk Cousins is going to bring us back. No matter what it is, he's going to, he could possibly win us a Super Bowl. Is Kirk Cousins that guy? I don't know. I don't have the answer, Sam, but I have an idea, and I'll give you guys that next coming up on the Ron Johnson Show. But remember, Locked On Sports is a proud partner with Care 11. Check out care11.com backslash locked on for links to every one of our locked on shows. And we have a word from our sponsors. The NFL season is over, but the NBA season is at the halfway point. The perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, easy to use. Bet on the money lines, the point scorers, three points drained. Timberwolves tonight in Dallas, seven-and-a-half-point underdogs. Money line plus 240 at the FanDuel NBA page. Head to FanDuel.com slash locked on for your no-sweat first bet and up to $1,000 in bonus bets. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official betting partner of the NBA. Well, Sam, we got the Daily Three coming up. We know that. It's going to be a fun one. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, we got some great guests coming up this week, too. We got Tatum Everett and Gabe Henderson from Vikings.com, Vikings Entertainment Network. Just going to break down the season for us, tell us their best memories of the season, and also what to look for for uh, look forward to for the future of the Vikings. Uh, we got Rachel Barable. Uh, she's a big time speaker. Just Google her. You'll see. But she's coming on uh, Wednesday to kind of talk about uh, when the season ends. 
what happens when the lights are dim? Because for a fan, Sam, for 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 a person that follows football heavily, for a person that covers football like yourself, for me, when the lights are dim, it's tough. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm not gonna lie, people. I struggle. Like I struggle big time uh, when the season's over. Now I will say this: as basketball, hockey stuff picks up, I'm you know I get over it. But football, the pregame show, the postgame shows, the everyday football podcast, it just hits a little different. Now, this offseason is going to be fun, though, because of Brian Flores, Vikings moves. There's going to be a lot of big moves. But when the lights are, are dim, Sam, Rachel's is going to tell us what, what, what players can do to stay out of it because we've had, we've seen retired players kill themselves. We've seen the suicide rate for retired players go up. We've seen the depression rate for retired players go up because when they're not connected, it's tough. I've talked to Nate Burleson about this, Ryan Clark. We've had Ryan Clark on the show about that. Uh, we've had Aiken and Dale. We've had a lot of former players, uh, Travis Stevens. You know, a lot of players talk about the doubt, uh, the being away from the game. So I can only imagine what, what people and fans are going through, but current players even. Like you go from all of that and then nothing. Like today for Jalen Hurts, you wake up and it's nothing. It's over. Like I'm going to walk around in anonymity. Anonymity. I think I got it. Yeah. Anonymity. Yeah. That word always kills me. But I can I can walk around unseen. That's a better way to say it. But anonymity. I can walk around for a little bit. Sometimes people notice him, but for the most part, he's not 6'5". So he could probably put on a hoodie and just chill someplace. Now, not nowhere in Philly, probably, but he could probably show up in Minnesota, and a lot of people wouldn't even realize that Jalen Hurts at the Mall America. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, if you want to come shop at Mall America, hit me up, man. I got you. I'll show you all the spots. Show you all the places to go. Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas right by each other. But when you when you think about this, the the season, Sam, it came down to quarterbacks this year for me. That was the theme of the season was quarterbacks. Quarterbacks were the big talker. You got Josh Allen. You got Joe Burrow. You got Jalen Hurts. Uh, you got Patrick Mahomes. And then it was kind of a fall off, in my opinion. After those four, it kind of drops off because you and not to say drops off in like anything. These are all NFL quarterbacks. But then you have Geno Smith. And you have Kirk Cousins. Uh, you have Justin Herbert. And, of course, people are going to say Justin Herbert and Kirk Cousins are in the same tier. Everybody puts Herbert above Kirk, whatever. You you do what you want to, what you want to do. I saw I saw him lose Trevor Lawrence after being up. So I'm, I'm not putting my money on that. I'm going with Kirk Cousins. But the question is, Sam, when you look at Super Bowls, so it's been the same, like, sets of quarterbacks. I mean, when you look at the Super Bowl winners even from 2021 down to 2001, and I and I went through that before. You got the Rams, Bucks, Chiefs, Patriots, Eagles, Patriots. So you got the same quarterbacks. You know, Matthew Stafford got of snuck in there, but you had Brady. You had Mahomes. You had Brady with the Patriots. You know, you had the Eagles snuck in there with one. But you, but you, the other side was Brady. You had the Broncos with Peyton. You had Brady again. You had Russ. You had the Ravens. Now, that was the outlier. You had... Eli, you had Aaron Rodgers, you had Drew Brees, you had Roethlisberger, you had Eli again, you had Peyton again, you had Roethlisberger again, you had Brady, Brady, uh, and then you had the 2002, and that's before this trend started. But that, you know, was again, that was Rich Gannon and uh, uh, Brad Johnson, and but that was, again, elite defenses, elite quarterbacks in their era, and then, of course, Patriots 2001 was Brady. That's the same names. Sam, that's the the winners have been the same names. It's the same grouping. And now it feels like it's going to be, I mean, if you look at Chiefs, Bucks, Rams, Patriots, Eagles, and then Patriots, you, you the same names that keep popping up in the AFC and NFC Championship has been Patrick Mahomes. It's been Josh Allen. It's been Joe Burrow. It's been the same 
grouping of names. So my question is, can Kirk Cousins ever crack that grouping? I, I honestly, like, and again, maybe I'm just a fan of the moment. I don't know. I just don't really know right now. One, I'm raw from that game. I'm raw from the season. But those quarterbacks just looked like they were floating on a clock. Like, they looked like Rihanna. They looked like they had a stage, and they were just floating through the field on the stage. And they had, like, little angel dancers on the sides of them telling them what to do. They were angels on the football field helping those two quarterbacks out. Like, big moment after big moment. Rush, quarterbacks getting rushed. They both eluded the rush and still, like, sometimes found a guy or just got rid of the ball. Like, it just didn't feel like there was a panic to them. And I just don't know. I don't know. Maybe Kevin O'Connell can help with that. Uh, maybe Kevin, you know, this was only year one of Kirk and Kevin. So that was like, whoa, after one year, he looks that good. Maybe year two, he gets even more confident. I mean, he's, he's wearing chains now. He's He wants to get a diamond grill. I mean, who knows? But Sam, that's my thought. I just struggle to see if Kirk Cousins can be that guy. I don't know. Do you think he has the Super Bowl caliber uh, ability of what you saw from those two quarterbacks last night? Or is he just an outlier that can sneak in eventually? Yeah. No, I think he's definitely in the outlier class. And I, I, I said going into the year, Kirk Cousins is a blue moon quarterback where if the stars align once in a blue moon, mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins could make the Super Bowl. Probably a one-time deal. Yeah. And I thought it was this year. Like, I thought that this was the stars aligning. The, the injury luck was good. People stayed mm -hmm. healthy on offense. Um, they won all the close games. The division True. kind of fell off. The, the path was there this year for Minnesota. The schedule was pretty forgiving. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to be the same way again going forward. And I will say this, Ron. I thought this was Kirk Cousins' best year in terms of willing the team in certain games, literally elevating the people around them, and occasionally making a play with his legs. I thought he yeah. did all of that better than he'd ever done. And still, there's a huge gap between Kirk Cousins and Mahomes and Hurt, who do that on a drive-by-drive -drive basis. They're always giving you a chance, where with Kirk, it's a little bit more in glimpses. We saw it more frequently this year, but it still is not every single Sunday. Um, Kirk is getting older, Ron. Like mm -hmm. He does keep adding pieces to his game, which is impressive to me. I'm, I'm surprised that he has evolved uh, the way he has at his age. But I don't know how much more evolution there is. I, I don't know if you can really expect a whole lot more from him. Uh, you're going to need to surround him with a much better defense, um, much better pass protection, because he still needs a little bit of supporting cast around him, I think, to consistently deliver wins. Yeah, I mean, you look at so looking at the passing leaders. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, 5,200 yards. Justin Herbert, uh, 47. Uh, Tom Brady, basically 47. And you got Kirk Cousins at almost 4,600 yards. So, and then Joe Burrow right behind him, Jared Goff, Josh Allen, Geno Smith, Trevor Lawrence. And then Jalen Hurts at 3,700. But Jalen Hurts jumps up when you talk about yards with his legs. He had one of the most impressive seasons when it came to running the ball. Um, you look at yards per attempt, you look at attempt, you get look at completion percentage. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 67%. Justin Herbert, 68%. Tom Brady, 67 Kurt, 66 Joe Burrow, 69 almost, 68.3%. Uh, you know, Josh Allen, 63 So, again, for people that are always like, oh, well, Kurt Cousins is not up there. But he's right there. Like, he has all the stuff. He's right there. Passer rating. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is where it gets a little bit, starts to pull away from the pack. 105. 105 passer rating. Justin uh, Jalen Hurts. 
101. You got Joe Burrow, 100. And then you look at Kirk Cousins, he's down to 92. Now, Tom Brady was 90, but Tom Brady also is almost 90 years old. Um, you look at first downs with legs, you look at explosive plays. Like, you can kind of say, like, explosive plays, Patrick Mahomes of 20-plus yard passes, 73. Kirk Cousins was 47. 73 to 47. Now, Jalen Hurts only had 52, but again, you talk about his legs. You talk about his legs. Kirk Cousins now, 40-plus plays, 10. 10 plays of 40-plus yards. Patrick Mahomes, 13. Jalen Hurts, 11. Kirk Cousins is right there. Joe Burrow, 10. Jared Goff, 12. Josh Allen, 12. So Kirk is right there in that. But that 20-plus yarder, and again, I think that just comes with play calling, uh, figuring out what he does best. Uh, you look at sacks, he had 46 sacks. Patrick Mahomes only had 26 sacks this year. 26. You talk about a team that ran for their life in the Super Bowl versus the Bucs. Patrick Mahomes was like, looked like he was playing dodgeball. Like he, he laid out sideways to throw a ball. Like it was just bad the way he was getting beat up. And then they re revamped the line with Creed Humphrey. Could the Vikings do that? If you, if you added John Michael Schmidt, maybe. I mean, he's not a guy you're going to get 15 years out of because he's already like 24, 25. So he's a little older. But he's a guy you can get seven, eight, I think, solid years out of because he already is older. So mentally, he can come in and he's older and he's ready to go. He's already a grown adult. Like, he's already hit his grown man size. Like, he's not a 21-year-old center. He's a 25-year-old center. So could that be the guy? Could you move on from Bradbury because you need a pass guy who is in an RPO system? He's coming from the Gophers RPO system. When you talk about the zone run to the RPO, being able to Jason Kelsey that thing and stay in that one yard, boom, and then go. I think for college linemen that were in the RPO in college and then coming to the NFL, that's the only thing they have to learn is you don't have three yards, you have one. So you have to learn how to stay within that one yard and then release. But there's a lot to Kirk Cousins and his Vikings offense. Uh, but again, th those quarterbacks, they set themselves apart. They were extremely elite. They were extremely elite. But we got the Daily Three coming up next. Uh, we got to talk about, you know, we got to have some more Super Bowl talk. We're going to talk about the commercials because some of the things I said on the, on the football party, it happened. I knew it. I knew it. But we'll talk about that in the Daily. I knew. I, if you saw the football part, or the, sorry, the, the round table on Friday, I said exactly what was going to happen in one of these commercials. I knew it. I felt it. I'm like, this is a setup. There's a script. It's a setup. Like they knew like, Hey, if we can use, I think it was Tucker Carlson who got mad at, at this group. <laughs> they used it to their advantage. They said, let's play on this video. Let's play off of it. And then let's really just, let's hit this thing home and make everybody watch. Everybody was waiting for it because everybody's like, what, what's going on? But we got to talk about that coming up next in the daily three. And then Rihanna at halftime, there's a lot of online speculation about how she looked, how she performed, and what was going on with some of the stuff? The answer is pretty simple if you follow Riri. Like, I'm a big Rihanna fan. My daughter's walkout song is Desperado uh, for, for softball. So that's her coming to the plate song, um, which was cool because she didn't know Rihanna sang the song. She just liked the song. And so then when Rihanna <laughs> came out, oh, she's like, oh, that's that's the person that I my walkout? I'm like, yep, that's it. Because she heard it at a gopher game, like one of the gopher uh, softball girls last year had it and she heard it and she's like, Oh, I want that song for mine. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, she had no idea who Rihanna was. She's 11. She doesn't know. We like, she's not listening to Rihanna. Rihanna's a little too raunchy for an 11 year old, but well, she hasn't, so. she hasn't performed in like seven years either. Right. Exactly. New album. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, my, my daughter has no idea. 
Kuriana is. She's just like, oh, that's the song of my son. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, and it didn't seem too too like crazy this morning because the Eagles didn't win, so no poles, grease poles got damaged in uh, the production of the Super Bowl. But <laughs> before we get to the daily three, I want you guys to make sure you check out the football party four days a week from Monday to Thursday. Get your Vikings. Fix with Arifa San, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Sam Ekstrom on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we have a word from our sponsors. Built Bar has so many great flavors and so few fat grams, calories, sugars. Uh, Built Bar, a great treat this time of year where maybe it's February, it's a little bit dreary. Um, maybe you're feeling a little bum that football is done. Uh, maybe you're trying to get ready for the spring. You're trying to get a little more fit. Well, this is a perfect complement to that uh, because you're not compromising any taste, but you're getting energy and it's healthy for you. How is it healthy when it has 100% real chocolate? Well, the macros are incredible. Only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can get them easily at built.com, promo code LOCKDOWN15 for 15% off or Go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, walk in near the pharmacy section, get a four-bar box, 13-bar box, and get a load of some of these flavors. Peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, churro, so many more options. It's Built Bar, available in Sam's Club, Walmart, or Built.com. And now it's time for the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Sam's going to run the show, so take it away, Sam. All right, Ron, you teased it up. Let's talk about it. Patrick Mahomes, if he retired today, would he be a Hall of Famer? What do you think? So if Patrick Mahomes retired today, would he be a Hall of Famer? I'm going to say yes. And so this is the, the question or the problem with this one. People are still debating Eli Manning. Eli Manning has two Super Bowls. But Eli Manning was not always considered the MVP. He was not always considered the floor general. He was not always considered like the guy that made it happen. That defense for the Giants with Strahan and the way they dominated Tom Brady, the 18-0 season for Tom Brady that, that was foiled by Eli Manning twice. Eli pulled away from Tom Brady and uh, was able to beat him. So can you say Eli is a Hall of Famer? You can because we've had that conversation. But it just doesn't feel that like Patrick Mahomes feels like a Hall of Famer. And I think it's the eye test, too. Like a lot of this stuff, like Kirk Cousins, if you go with stats, people always try to say the eye test of Kirk Cousins doesn't make me feel like he's elite because that always comes up. Like, why isn't Kirk Cousins elite? Well, I don't the eye test. He doesn't pass it for me. So is Patrick Mahomes in a Hall of Famer if he were to retire today. Yes, I think he is. I mean, when you look at two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs, five uh, Hall, uh, Pro Bowls, um, just was he the best player in the NFL when he played? Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. Like, you have to put that. Eli Manning wasn't the best player in the NFL. So when you talk about two Super Bowls for Eli, he wasn't the best. Now, it's not all about just Super Bowls because Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl, and yes, he's a Hall of Famer. Because when he's playing, you consider Aaron Rodgers the best quarterback in the NFL or the best quarterback on the field. Eli doesn't always do that. When Patrick Mahomes was on the field with Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes was the best quarterback on the field. I hate to say it. it. Tom Brady won that game, but Patrick Mahomes was the best quarterback on the field. So in my opinion, yes. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Sam? Yeah, uh, without a doubt, I think. He's already 84th all-time in passing yardage. He's in the top you know, 100 
and he's got more passing yardage than about half a dozen Hall of Famers. Granted, different era. Yeah. You know, Norm Van Brocklin, Roger Staubach, <laughs> Sammy Baugh, different Roger era. Staubach, yeah. More more passing yardage the than Norm Van. Say, say that first one again. Norm Van Brocklin. Norm Van Brocklin. Yeah. I've, it, it, was he a uh, was he a Packer or what was he? Van Brocklin was a Ram and an Eagle. Eagle. That's what it was. So that name, I, I don't know why it pops up. Maybe because he is a Hall of Famer. That name always makes me laugh because it just feels like Norm from Cheers. Like I just imagine. I don't know what the guy. I've never really actually took time to Google and look up his film or anything or his pictures. But every time I heard that name, I just thought about Norm being a quarterback because I know people made jokes about the 60s and 70s and even 50s quarterbacks that they you know smoke cigarettes and they you know they just did not look athletic so again just carry on though so where are you going with Patrick they called Mahomes? Norm the Dutchman that was his nickname okay. the Dutchman came from Eagle Butte South Dakota um and uh yeah rest in peace he died in 1983 so uh, yeah, Mahomes, and we, we talked about this with Jason Smith a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I, I, I'm going to steal his answer. You can't write the story of the NFL without Patrick Mahomes because sure. for the last five years, every NFL team has been looking for the next Mahomes, trying sure. to draft the next Mahomes. And it's pretty hard to do. We've realized, right? Like, think, think of someone like Zach Wilson coming out of the draft. People are like, this guy can move around like Mahomes, he's got the arm strength. <laughs> Zach Wilson, like, think about how how crazy that seems now. Yeah, true, because uh, everyone's chasing after this this mold of a quarterback, and Mahomes kind of set the standard for what that is. True. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And and again, so to to the point, of Jason Smith, and I forgot he said that. Then Eli Manning is a is a Hall of Famer because you can't you can't write the stupid you can't write the game of football without Eli Manning. He was the anti Brady for mm-hmm. years. So. Yeah, I think yeah. So Eli is in. I just don't yeah. know when it's going to happen. We'll see when he's when he's eligible, and you know, does he go in as a first ballot guy? Um, again, Reggie Wayne snubbed again. Devin Hester snubbed. Uh, it's, it's a tough group to get. It's a tough nut to crack. It's a tough. It's a tough shell to get into. So we'll see. Uh, what you got next? All right, let's talk commercials. Um, I know you're pumped to talk about the the one company that you alluded to that that yeah. showed up at the end. But uh, any other commercials that caught your eye? So commercials that caught my eye were definitely the women's flag football. I joked to my daughter, like, I'm like, are you, would you play flag football? Cause she's super fast. And she's like, no, I wouldn't do it. But my youngest was like, oh yeah, because I've heard stories from parents cause she's a taller second grader. So like she just played basketball and scored, which I was pretty impressed. Actually, she scored 24 points um, in her basketball game and they got second yeah. place in the tournament. Uh, pretty impressed. Now they did run into a team that in the championship that just, they, they had a little girl that, so I, I should have put my daughter on the little girl because she was really their only shooter. Uh, Cause that little girl, I think scored just about every point, if not for like four in the championship game. And so, but I had our littlest girl on her because I'm like, I just went, I just went size. I mean, these are second graders. So I'm like, I don't know you, you're, you're the same height. You're the same. And this girl just dominated. But that commercial for me was cool to see the flag football because of like sauce Gardner. We were wondering where him and Jalen Ramsey were sitting in the cart. You know, they kept alluding to that. You saw, uh Cameron Hayward as the bell hop at the house at the hotel the confusing uh Devontae Adams wearing the bird suit I think they were trying to recreate that the football one with with Peyton Manning and Ed Reed and all of them and they got into the big like fumble you'll never recreate that you'll no. never recreate that that was the greatest commercial in NFL and in the world history like you can't recreate that with Mean Joe Green and, and, and Singletary and, and Dominican Sue and Peyton Manning and just all the little jokes, the Larry Fitzgeralds and the Jerry Rices. And the, you, you can't recreate it. 
but I saw what they were trying to do, and it was cool. I, I did like it. Like Sauce Gardner was, was all about the sauce, and Jalen Ramsey knocks it out of his hand. So that one for me was cool. But the one I alluded to, the Maya Rudolph. The Maya Rudolph, like the Maya instead of the Eminem, I knew it was going to be a hoax. Like I knew it because Maya Rudolph is literally a comedian. So if there's any spokesperson, if I'm going to pick a sports for person for my candy to speak, I'm pick, I'm picking like the guy from State Farm or all yeah state farm all state like one of those got like morgan freeman's voice like i'm picking a guy with a voice or a gal with a voice i'm trying to think like like even tina fey because tina fey makes a lot of jokes but she does have a good like commercial voice when she wants to be serious because she has done see maya rudolph is just always a comedian she's hilarious so i was like this guy it has to be a joke like it has to be and the minute i saw one of the m&ms in the back with the help sign i'm like yep here we go it's it's coming and like I even alluded to it on Sports Center, they had the Eminem show up on the Sports Center set, and he was wearing the blue suit on the blue screen. And I'm like, there's no way you do this if the Eminems are gone. Like you just get rid of them if you're serious. So they got everybody. I knew it though. I said it on Friday on the roundtable. I'm like, it's gonna be a big unveil of the new Eminems, and there's nothing new about them. They're just saying they're gonna be themselves, and I think they were comfortable in their own skin. I think is that is that kind of the yeah. way they tried to go about it. Like they're gonna be themselves, and so. I think they're just trying to let people know, be you, like be you, whatever you are in your own skin, be you, be comfortable with it. Like, who cares? Like, do you? And so I, I loved uh, that about it. But my daughter was like, who even eats M&Ms? Which clearly M&M is an old person candy because kids don't really do the, I mean, my kids at least, they're, they're more of like candy, candy kids and not like M&Ms like that. I feel like it is getting kind of old school. Like M&M was like our thing when we were kids, uh, like the peanut. M&M. And my daughter is allergic to peanuts. So maybe that's why we don't even bring M&Ms in the house. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was that one for me. What was your commercial? Yeah, so I had to go back and watch a lot of these after the fact because I couldn't hear a lot of them during the game, and I'm realizing I missed some good ones, so I got to go look for more. But um, I'm a big Will Ferrell guy, so I liked Will Ferrell in the the GM and Netflix crossover where he was like put in all these different Netflix shows. Okay, yeah, so I missed that one too. Yeah, yeah, no, that was pretty funny. Kevin Garnett made a cameo in the Sam Adams where Boston was suddenly like a much brighter, nicer place. <clears throat> that that was pretty entertaining and then uh dave grohl talking about canada for crown oh Royal. yep 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 Food yeah, and, yeah. Po- and by the way french fries with with gravy and cheese is gross that sounds gross my daughters both said it sounds gross it he's like oh that's yeah. good it's i don't think it's good it looked gross i don't know would you would you eat poutine i think it's what it's called i i would sample it probably would looks gross yeah it if it was horrible. given to me like made for i wouldn't pay for it but if it was like, given to me, I'd give it a shot. It's just like French fry soup is what it looks like. Like you have to eat it very fast because then the fries get soggy. Yeah, so it just looks that's gross. a problem. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want soggy French fries. Like gravy belongs on mashed potatoes, not French fries. You can put cheese on fries, not gravy and cheese. Like that just does not go because gravy is going to soggy them up. There's like mm-hmm. it, leave it with mashed potatoes. Like French fries is ketchup. It's American. Like, let's stick with that. I get you, Canada. Thanks for all the Crown Royal and the other stuff. But keep your French fries because that's not good. <laughs> What's the last one for you? Yeah. Let's get your Rihanna thoughts. What do you think? Rank it. So she's pregnant with her second child. I think people didn't know that because nobody pays attention to Rihanna because she's not doing albums unless you're into that culture and you're really a, like a heavy into Rihanna. She's married. She's getting married to ASAP. Uh, I think it's ASAP Rocky is the one because mm-hmm. I know the, yep. the whole ASAP gang. Uh, but she's married to ASAP Rocky. Um, and so when you think about that whole deal, she could move a bunch 
she had the harness, she had the baby bump. And I noticed like, cause some people are like, oh, I know she's postpartum. So, but you ever think about it? One, she was always in shape. She was always like, so she probably was ready to bounce back. And she did. Cause I remember seeing other interviews with her. And then all of a sudden she has a bump still. And she rubbed it when she said diamonds in the sky. And I'm like, yeah, there's a baby in there. Like she, like you don't constantly keep rubbing your baby. If it's just like a baby bump or a, a postpartum bump. Like mm -hmm. you don't want to draw attention to it unless I don't know some women. I, that's what I've been told because I don't know. I've never been pregnant. I've never been postpartum. Uh, but from all the women that I was around and my wife, she was even confused about it. Um, and then when I said she's pregnant, she said, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. Like, yeah, like because she even said like she's like, oh, that outfit. I don't know postpartum if that's an outfit I would wear, but it's it's I'm pregnant. So, yes, I have a belly. I'm going to show you guys. And so, yeah. And so she didn't come out and announce it. Like I'm expecting baby number two. Like, no, but I enjoyed it. I, that, the songs are nostalgic. I really wished, like I, I made it, I was thinking like, I was like, I could I, like, I know he can't get in the stadium, but I would love for Kanye to like run through when it was his <laughs> song she was doing and just yell something to the microphone and they keep running out the stadium or something. But Jay-Z was there. So I was surprised like umbrella, like there wasn't some kind of like cameo for Jay-Z to do his part that, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, you know, whatever his little rap to umbrella would be. Like he just come down with Blue Ivy and whatever. But Jay-Z was there as dad with Blue Ivy at the Super Bowl. Uh, so he and they probably couldn't afford him and Rihanna, which is weird because they could afford like Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem, 50 Cent. So I'm like and, and I think Game was in that one, too. So I. I would have I would have liked to see Jay Z, but yeah, no, I liked it though. I did like it. I know some people say it was boring. I liked it. What do you think? I I didn't think it was boring at all. I mean, uh, I thought the set design with the elevated platforms going up and down, the pyrotechnics with the fireworks, the camera work was spectacular. I think they had drones being used, which is which is pretty helpful. Backup dancers were pretty cool. I thought it was just all about Rihanna. Yeah, I mean, she's she was super dynamic. If I had a knock, it was that I wasn't sure when she was actually singing because she had like a pretty like pretty clear backup track with her voice, mm -hmm. probably some lip, lip sync going on. But it sounded great. I mean, whether it was was, you know, live or not, sounded great. Um, and yeah, like just hit after hit after hit and probably didn't even get through all of them. But apparently she she did 12 songs in 13 minutes because right. she did like one verse of each. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the show today too. I'm looking forward to tomorrow and the next day because we got to break down the season. It's it's we we got at least one more week to kind of talk football until more football stuff comes up, and then we gotta we gotta really transition and, and get into this basketball because the Timberwolves are making a push. The Timberwolves are trying to make a push. The trade has happened with Mike Conley Jr. We'll talk about that a little bit on, on at some point in the next week or two. Um, Mike Conley Jr. Because let's give him time. Let's see what he does here. Does he completely turn around and get Rudy Gobert going? And does he become a mentor to Anthony Edwards? We'll see, because that's what everybody thinks. That's his job. His job is not to come in and be the big time score. It's to be the floor general, get Anthony Edwards his 40 points, start showing him how to be the guy, be the Michael Jordan of the Timberwolves, get Rudy Gobert going. Cat might not ever show up. He might not ever come back. So we'll figure that out. But if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to the uh, free Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel where you can find all of our videos and all of our shows, podcasts after every game, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find them after every game and every Vikings press conference delivering all the biggest news. Like I said, Brian Flores is coming soon. Like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comment section below. I want to thank you and have a great day.